Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Is it just me or does just about everything these days seem to be in short supply? No, like uh, good jobs are hard to find, affordable housing, especially in New York City and San Francisco, is impossible to locate, safe communities, clean water, a healthy diet, even positive lasting relationships are hard to come by, but I think we can all agree there is one item we have plenty of these days, and that's stress. Stress today and the promise of more stress tomorrow ranks right up there with death and taxes. In other words, it's inevitable. And whether it's the daily stress of a difficult daily commute, maybe a tug-of-war with your rebellious teenagers, or an occasional big-time shock to the system, like loss of a job, severe illness, or marital breakup, stressful events are bound to occur in your life and mine. And today we're going to talk about the best ways to handle stress, And believe it or not, my guest, noted author and motivational speaker, Dr. Draven James, is here to explain why the more stressful moments that show up, the more opportunities you and I have for genuine self-love, which in turn can bring about more peace and joy. And no, we cannot change rush hour traffic, bad weather, or emergencies, but we can alter our perception of stress, in fact, actually learn to use stressful situations to our advantage. And before I introduce her, here is Dr. Draven James's biography. She's founder of Everyday Peace and author of the inspirational 2017 book, Freedom is Your Birthright. As a motivational author, speaker, and actress, her goal is to educate, empower, and inspire others like you and me to build the life of our dreams And Dr. Draven has faced more than her own share of stress during her life. Born in poverty on Chicago's south side, endured a very difficult marriage, as she puts it, Uh, many failed pregnancies, career turmoil, and health challenges. But uh, now with a doctor in pharmacy, today she's a happy mom of two teenagers, wife of 23 years, and remains a successful pharmacist who now inspires others no matter what circumstances show up, good, bad, or indifferent. And hello, Dr. Draven, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Thank you for having me. Well, as you point out, stress is everywhere. Our natural tendency is to resist stress or to seek to avoid potentially stressful situations. And you tell us that the act of resisting often takes too much time and actually creates more stress which I'm certain is true, because it's happened to me. What do you recommend as an alternative to resisting stress? 
Oh, well, let me just talk a little bit about the resisting process because someone mentioned to me just the other day about um, you know, just doing the natural things that we should do. You know, she said, you know, she felt that it was kind of foolish to say don't resist stress, and I felt the need to explain it to her, and I want to explain it to our listening audience today. I certainly do believe in an ounce of prevention. It's worth a pound of cure. I was raised that way, so we do what we can. It'd be foolish to blow all of our money on the next you know, lottery ticket, whatever, and save none for <laughs> paying the bills and all that sort yeah, of that, thing. Yeah, that self-created stress that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, that, so I'm definitely not advocating throwing all that caution to the wind, but we all know that what we focus on, wherever we put our most energy, we're going to draw that in to our immediate space. So whatever we concentrate on the most, that's what we're going to see show up in our life. And so that's what I mean about resisting. If we're constantly thinking, I don't want to be late, I don't want to be late, I don't want to be late, our subconscious mind only hears she wants to be late. Well, there she wants to be late. She wants to be late. <laughs> it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> right. So we draw more of that. So that's what I mean about that resisting. We want to get out of that space of resisting. Uh, we want to get into a space of allowing. And although I know this is not a religious um, conversation, I don't want to talk about religion, but I do want to talk about some universal laws. And yeah. that is that wherever we place that energy, whatever we place that energy, you know, it says in the Bible that wherever your feet tread, that is going to be given to you. And that talks about energy. Wherever we place that energy, that's what we're going to get more of. And I, so I would submit to people just doing that small thing and saying, you know, people who struggle with being on time, and I live in a high-traffic area, the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, it's a lot of traffic. If you start off by saying, you know, I'm always on time. I'm always on time. Your subconscious will start to go to work on that truth and make that so that you automatically do the things that you have to do. You, you get up a little earlier. You set your clock a little faster you know, ahead, of, ahead of the rest of the world. You go to bed a little bit earlier. What You prepare your clothing at night. You pack your lunches at night, what have you. It will start automatically conditioning your behavior so that you do the things to fulfill that prophecy. It's amazing how intelligent our bodies are. We are just designed we are designed this way. So when we know that, then we can start doing things that would help us not put ourselves in more stressful positions. So that's what I mean about not we, we don't want to resist. We want to talk about what we want to happen. What we yeah, want well, to happen even in the that, eye of a storm. Why is it that so many of us are dealing with stress uh are not successful at it, it leaves us anxious, incomplete, and feeling like a victim. Oof, that's big, isn't it? And because, first of all, what is, where does stress attack? And that's, this is the answer to that question. And I always tell my listening audience that every desire that I have, every desire that you have and every member of your listening audience has, falls into one of three categories, and that's hmm. what I call the, the big three. It's hmm. either related to, your, to health, Wealth or relationship, and people yeah. can test that out. It's either your health, your family's health, your you know loved one's health. It's health, wealth, and relationship. So when stress happens, when stress happens, it hits one of those major arteries. We'll call them arteries. Yeah. Um, health, wealth, or relationship. And so if they, you're what, lacking in one of those three, it's pretty difficult to be peaceful and happy oh, you about hit it the other head. two. <laughs> You've got you to because without without balance, without balance, it's like being on a seesaw. Right? Yeah, <laughs> People remember right. the seesaws from back in the days. I know kids don't play on those so much nowadays, but the seesaw, if there's not balance, if there's not body weight, you know, kids would jump on there or jump off of there. If there's not yeah. balance weight on that seesaw, we're not going to have a good time here. That's and that's right. the same thing with our life. When stress shows up and it attacks one of those arteries, 
Well, we get some disharmony here, and we definitely have imbalance, and that it throws us off our game. And when we're thrown off our game, we start behaving in ways that are not conducive to our healthy endpoint. We get, and that's why it's so good to have tools in your tool chest. You know, my brother always laughs at me. He was just here a couple of weeks ago at my house, and he asked me for some obscure tool to me. I, I, I'm not a handy woman, so if it's not a screwdriver or a hammer, <laughs> something really basic. And so he used some, you know, handyman tool, and he's good at fixing things, and I had no idea what that was. And so and I take that to this conversation today. If you don't have the tools already in your in your tool chest, when stress hits, it's really hard in that moment to start developing them. So we try to make these tools part of our everyday habitual um, lifestyle so that when stress hits, we go, oh, yeah, and we automatically pull out the tool that we need to handle that particular instance. And it's good to develop habits so that when, the, when we get in the eye of the storm, we're not trying to develop a habit. Yeah. Well, you were, you know, three easy steps to turn stress into peaceful moments, as you put it. What are these three steps? Three easy steps indeed, and I'm going to tell you them, and then we're going to talk about them. Breathe, count, connect. Breathe, count, connect. That is it. So and with the breathe, I want to talk a little bit about, first, you've got to be aware. You've got to be aware. Sometimes we're not even aware. And, and I want to back up before we start talking about the steps really quickly. I encourage each and every one of us, myself included, to spend more time connecting with ourselves. Get to know you better than you know your favorite sports team or your favorite musician, whoever. Get to know you really, really well. Start noticing when your heart rate changes, when you become a little disenchanted with a situation. You know, you, you're, at the, you're at the bank and the clerk hands you back your money in a certain way and you feel like, oh, she doesn't like me. Become aware of those moments. Become a, don't brush over that. That's you getting to know you and what's happening with you. So this breathing thing happens all the time. We're breathing all the time. If we're living, we're breathing. But when we are aware, when we are aware that we're feeling a little stress or a lot of stress, that's the point in time to become very aware of the fact that we are breathing. Yeah. That we are breathing, especially if you're having conflict with another person. You see, <laughs> conflict makes us feel like we're separated. Like there's. There's no connection between you and me, right? When we're in conflict, I feel like, well, he's out to get me, she's out to get me, and I'm alone, I'm isolated. But when I remember that whatever this energy that connects that connects me to the earth, that allows me to breathe, that keeps this heart rate, you know, 70 beats per minute, what have you, somewhere in that area, is doing the same thing for you. There is a connection. There is a connection right there. It makes me human. It makes you human. I connect to my breath. And here's a simple exercise. You could do it anywhere. You inhale. When to the, somebody strikes out at you, they're not really trying to get you. They're mad at themselves or yes. incompetent in themselves. Right. Right. They do it. I just, I, know, I, I, I work, you listen to all these know. I work full time as a pharmacist. I run a department. Mm-hmm. I have a great number of people. And there's a lot of conflict that goes on. I happened to counsel some people two days ago about. Um, conflict. I said, when you get in conflict with somebody, it's because there is some type of sickness. Somebody feels sick in some way. They feel emotionally unwell. And really, it's a cry for help. And if you're not, you know, 
in tune to that, then you will think, oh, they're they're attacking me. They're not. They're really crying for help. And it takes a real skilled practitioner, a mom or a dad or somebody who's really been working at this for a while to see the pain behind the actions. You know, those of us who have raised teenagers, you know, we have to get really skilled at that. We can hear the yelling, but we can see the pain behind the yelling. And then you just say, okay, okay, let me let me give you a moment and let me go behind that yelling, behind that I hate you and all that kind of stuff. So here is this breathing, and when, you, when you're in this moment and you're feeling stressed out, you want to breathe in to the count of five. Oh. Hold for the count of five. Exhale for the count of five. Now, if you forget the numbers, the numbers aren't, there's no magic in the numbers. It's just the breathing. The yeah. breathing, to the, whatever count you want to do, just connects you to the breath. That causes your stress hormones to pay attention and they start to relax because, you know, our stress hormones are cortisol. They're a fight or flight, right? They think a tiger is getting ready to bite your head off. And really it's just your wife or the neighbor, and it's no need to be that revved up. We can take care of these things sometimes with just a kind word or a smile. So this breathing, this five in, hold to the count of five, exhale to the count of five, decreases those cortisol levels. So you can go back to sleep. The cortisol can reduce, and it increases your endorphins and your 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 ability to be happy or to be creative is what I like to say because for every problem there is a solution and the yeah. solution is in that creativity. When you connect with the breath, it allows you to do that, to increase your creativity, decrease your stress level. Number two on our list is counting. It's counting. And we just counted our breath, so we're in a good place for counting. We start counting off, and I do this first thing in the morning. We'll talk about this active gratitude in the middle of conflict. In the middle of conflict, if you can count on three things that you're grateful for, it's a magic. But here's what I would tell you. Don't wait till the conflict starts. Uh, I promote active gratitude list of three items every morning. I tell people all the time to do this. Get in the habit of doing it. I've been doing it for years now. When I open my eyes in the morning, I have on my nightstand a index card and a writing utensil. Could be a pencil, could be a pen, it doesn't matter. When I open my eyes, the first three things that pop in my head, they're usually problems. Let <laughs> me think about all the stuff that's on your to-do list or what you know. But And I write them down. And I become grateful about something about those three things, right? So something, I had a possible deadline that would work. And I write down that I'm so grateful that I have a team of people that are going to show up today ready to find solutions to these problems that we have. And I write it down. I get excited about it. I get prepared for the morning, and that's on my mind. But it's not on my mind to drag me down. It's on my mind because I've inverted it. I've made it something I'm actively grateful for. So if you have that, when you get into this, when you get stressed, remember, it's coming after your health, your wealth, or your relationships. When you get stressed, I grab my little active gratitude cue card, and I just start start reading it off, and I just start reading it off, and I just start reading it off. What it does, it has the same effect that the breathing does. Reducing so the cortisol level. I'm in a big argument. I'll say, can I, I'll be right back to you. I have to read my gratitude card. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, need, I need a minute. I need a minute. Right? I need a minute. And they'll think to yourself, you know, what do you need a minute for? I'll be right back. <laughs> right? So, and number three is to connect. This is so important. I mean connection in two ways. I mean to connect with with nature in some form or fashion. It's really good if you can ground. Grounding means getting your feet on earth. Not not in your feet and shoes on cement or your feet on earth. If you can put your bare feet on the grass or soil or something like that, that's a good thing to do. If you're in an office with no windows like I am for most of my day at work, I have a picture of nature. I have a plant. 
Um, yeah. and, so just connect some kind of way. And then here's this. This is the big one. This is why these are tools that we practice. We're talking about connecting. In the middle of your most stressful situation, health, wealth, or relationship, you find someone to connect with to help them. To help them. If it's nothing but a kind word, or, hey, your shoes are really nice, um, I, you know, something, a smile. You find someone else to connect with, to give to. The yeah, universe will pay you back tenfold. When you're really hurting and uh, stressed out by something, it makes so much sense to pay your attention ever so briefly to someone else and pay them a compliment because it uh, it takes so much of the stress off. Oh, my goodness. And it sounds so elementary. You think to yourself, there's nothing that would do for you. I'll tell you, it it changes all of the energy around you because we have to remember, for every problem, there is a solution. But we can't even, the solution could be right in front of our noses. We're not going to be able to see it or grasp it as long as those cortisol levels, those stress hormones are elevated so high. We've got to bring that down. And there's this this need. We, we are created to one another, each other. But we've got to be in that space. We've got to recenter ourselves, and we've got to reach out. If it's just a smile, a nod, you'd be amazed what that does for somebody else and what it will do for us in turn, those of us who are in the middle of a storm, a stressful storm. Well, I'm certain every listener would like to create the life of his or her dreams. What is the most powerful tool, as you put it, of our time to create this wonderful life? Awareness. Awareness is the most powerful tool that we have. And so the next question should be, what do we need to be aware of? We need to be aware of this. Every circumstance that's ever shown up in your your life, whether whether you judge it to be good, bad, or somewhere in between, has shown up for one reason, and that is to bow down and serve you as you create. So you've got to decide what it is that you want to create. And so many of us have not taken the time to do that. We're letting the you know the news media tell us what we should create, people in our jobs, our loved ones, whatever it is that you want to create. And here's the best way to create. You decide what it is that you have that you can use to serve mankind. Yeah. What it is that you have to serve mankind? It could be to serve your neighbor, whatever it is that you want to create. And then you'll realize that in in your worst situations, I've had, you know, if you read my bio, I've had some things happen to me that I wouldn't wish on people, or my worst enemy, but they've happened. And when I reflect on them, I always say to myself, and so now I know how to talk to a woman who's going through this or talk to, yeah. a, you know, someone who's going through that, you know, someone who's homeless, someone who's had marital problems, someone who's uh, lost a job before. Those experiences, that lonely place, that's a gift that I have. Maybe some, somebody else has the gift of, of, of telling jokes or, or making beautiful music or creating wonderful artwork. Yeah. Everything that you've experienced will enhance that gift. That's why it happened. And when you become aware of that, you change your perspective. You change your belief around hardship. I don't wish you any more hardship. Oh, I would never do that. I don't wish myself any more hardship, but we all know that there is no shortage of stress. It's amazing how few people really have a clear vision of what their dream of life is. And like you say, it has to involve doing something for others. A dream of, say, winning the lottery or something like that without uh, purpose beyond it really is pretty meaningless. 
Right. And we, and we see that all the time. We, you know, our, And this is not in any way to judge or condemn our celebrities. But we see celebrities and we say, oh, my gosh, they're in Rome. They're, you know, Monte Carlo. They're here. They're, they're all over the place. And they've got the fancy cars and the beautiful clothing. And then you read and it says, you know, how miserable and how sad they are. And you can't believe it. You're like, what? Yeah. And, and it's just because that awareness, everything that shows, even that good stuff. You know, you go out and you buy 17 cars. I don't know anybody who has that many cars, but you've definitely made a lot of other households happy, right? Those those car salesmen, people, yeah. they've been able to support their family. But it's beyond material things. It's not, not condemning the material things, but it's beyond that, how, how we serve mankind. Yeah. Well, if we uh, could, I'd like to turn briefly to your great little book, Freedom is Your Birthright. And in the book's introduction, you inform us that all of us are free, regardless of past history or current circumstances. Uh, we can enjoy the gift of freedom granted to all of us as human beings. But this gift of freedom can't be taken away, but so many of us fail to take advantage. Why do you think that is? What prevents the rest of us from living free? Because we're too busy watching and paying attention to what somebody else's vision is. You know, years and years ago, maybe way back in the 80s, that someone told me that, you know, television tells my vision. So we're so busy paying attention to someone else's vision because it's effortless. We sit down, we zone out, right? It takes effort, energy, and attention for us to pay attention to our own lives. And then, oh, here's that big R word responsibility, because when we pay attention to our own life, we're responsible for what we create in our life. And we'd much rather, you know, we'd much rather have somebody, as much as we don't want to say this out loud, we'd much rather have somebody else do all the heavy lifting and take all the responsibility. Yeah, it's so great. And then if things don't go our way, it's always easy to blame someone else or circumstances. Right. If my mom had done this, if my dad had done that, if my boss had given me a chance, right? And we go back to awareness. If you are aware that you have the mom and the dad and the boss that you needed to bow down and serve you to help build to where you were supposed to build to, those were not stumbling blocks. Those were opportunities. Those were stepping stones. Yeah, well, your book promises to help readers accept our God-given gift of freedom. What are some of the uh, tools that your book contains to uh, encourage us in our journey? I know you listen, Oh, brother. this tiny, tiny little book, tiny po- I, I hope that readers will attach to this book because it is tiny. It is a pocket reference. I made it less than 100 pages on purpose, uh, nice big font so that those of us who have uh, getting a little dim in the eye, we don't have to uh, worry about we can't see the font. This tiny, tiny book contains, I believe, tools to help us in our everyday life that we can make part of our everyday life to really recognize opportunities to create. Things like um, understanding how to challenge the challenge when things show up in our life. We talk with us, you know, I talk about that in the book. How, you know, what to do when challenges show up in your life. How to make changes in your life. How to go from being one way, one day. You know, I talk about how I made the transformation in my life when I decided that I would no longer indulge in negative conversations and I went through that period in my life where I didn't know what to talk about. I just didn't know, you know, because I, every conversation was negative. Either complaining about the politicians, complaining about the weather, <laughs> complaining, complaining, complaining. And That's I didn't about know what all you hear about on TV now is one side complaining about the other side. <laughs> right, and I didn't know what to talk about, and I felt so socially awkward. So I tell people in the book, you know, how I got through that and what to do about that and how how to approach forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is a tool that if we will learn to master forgiveness, my goodness gracious. And that's forgiveness of self and of others because so many of us blame ourselves for something we did or didn't do and uh, it makes absolutely no sense. We can learn from our mistakes, but to uh, continue to dwell on them and blame ourselves makes no sense. No, at all. And I, I had a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to have this great uh, wisdom shared with me a few months ago. Someone told me that the acronym for shame, you know, a lot of people are ashamed of, of their past behavior. Yeah. And I just love it. I'm, and I've adopted it as part of my um, words. But shame, meaning should have already mastered everything. <laughs> now, could you imagine? Ten years ago, you didn't you didn't have the wisdom that we have today about anything. No. If you're ashamed of, of of a decision that you made ten years ago, is that like saying I should have already mastered everything ten years ago? If that were the case, the world would be over. We'd <laughs> yeah. be pretty boring if everyone had mastered everything. <laughs> right. So we're 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 going to do some things and then. Um, Gratefully so, we're going to have a, an opportunity in the future to rethink that statement, and, to, and we may even have an opportunity to uh, apologize and make amends to the people that it may have offended or hurt. But even if we don't, we definitely have to go ahead and forgive ourselves so we can continue to grow. We can get, I guess someone else is making that mistake. We can look over to the left or to the right and say, hey, guess what? I did the same thing. Let me tell you how that's going to turn out. <laughs> Where's the best place for our readers to go to uh, preview and purchase your book, Freedom is Your Birthright? Freedom is Your Birthright can be purchased from Amazon.com, and it's a tiny, tiny little book. You can get it there for about 10 bucks, and you can also get it from my website, which is www.drdrdrabonjames.com. And I really hope that people get the book, connect with it. There are some funny stories in there, and it is, I've used the book to, use my life in the book to really illustrate some very, very complex principles about life, very simply. You know, they said, keep it simple, sweetie. Kiss, keep it simple. It's a very simple book, but you will really, it will really help to revolutionize your freedom game. Well, it's great when there's a book that has a combination of stories and examples of real life and also exercises that the readers can do uh, to get their own lives in order. I think that I know it contains both those, and that's a great yes, combination. Yes, it does. Well, in conclusion, ultimately, at middle age, every one of us, uh, simply, uh, so many of us, I should say, simply are plugging along but are far from living the life of our dreams. And to make uh, matters worse, the pleasure of living is upended by continual stress, worry, and fear of the present and the future. But worst of all, we're so accustomed to living in fear that we don't even take the time and effort to define the life of our dreams. But as Dr. Draven James is telling us, we don't have to uh, accept the fearful life going forward. And we don't have to depend upon someone else or upon circumstances to make us peaceful and content. And every day is not now nor never will be a walk in the park. And at times it may feel like you have more than your share of stormy weather. But believe it or not, even in the midst of external turmoil, conflict, and chaos, You have access to one of the most powerful tools on the planet, actually two, awareness and peace. And in fact, for every question that you have about creating the life of your dreams, the answer, as Dr. James tells us, is within you, and the power to achieve the next level of greatness 
lies within, and the key to unleashing your full potential isn't really a secret at all. As you will learn from Dr. Draven's book, Freedom is Your Birthright, it's a practical process that takes into full account how we humans can achieve full mastery. And her little book will teach you how to achieve and sustain internal freedom, a vitally essential ingredient on your personal journey to every uh, to peace every day. And if your life today or the life of a spouse, family member, loved one, or dearest friend is not peaceful, I highly recommend Dr. Draven James's book. And thanks a million, Dr. Draven, for spending time with us today. And best of success on sale of your present book and your motivational speaking. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now. Wow, that was a fascinating interview with Dr. Draven James. And I trust that you join me in accepting Dr. Draven's conclusion that every one of us has within access to peace and the power to create the life of our dreams. And to close today's program, I'd like to share the story of a young lady, Catherine Wolf, who at age 26 overcame tremendous odds to pursue a life in service to others. And her story was told in the uh, publication These Days, which is a quarterly publication of the Presbyterian Publishing Corporation containing daily devotionals. And the article I'm quoting from was uh, from June 13, 2019. And obviously the article is written from a Christian perspective, but it is inspiring for all of us regardless of our religion. Uh, whatever our religious beliefs may be. It seems at age 26, Catherine Wolfe suffered a massive stroke caused by a rare congenital defect and wasn't expected to live. But after 16 hours of microbrain surgery, can you imagine that? She miraculously survived. However, However, she was left unable to walk, talk, or eat. Her husband, Jay, was left to care for their six-month-old baby and his invalid wife. While another couple would have railed against God for such a tragic event, the wolves turned to God to heal their souls, and in that healing, their vision was refocused to one of hope, and that hope inspired the wolves to help others through speaking engagements, social media platforms, a camp for families with disabilities, and their 2016 book, Hope Heals, they're inspiring thousands of suffering people to turn to Jesus for soul healing, and the wolves know firsthand that once our souls are healed, we can endure anything and find our hope restored. The message is straightforward. If you and I believe in a power greater than ourselves, we can uh, rely on that power, uh, connect with that power, and communicate with our inner long uh, inner being, our souls. And if we rely on our soul and our connection with God, the universal intelligence for help and recovery, and believe in a God active in human affairs, we can recover from a health problem, a broken relationship, a personal financial crisis, whatever. And if we combine that with a burning desire to uh, reach out to help others, 
there are few, if any, limits on what we can accomplish, regardless of what doctors may say or what the prognosis may be. And God bless you, Catherine and Jay Wolf, in your pursuit to serve others through your many good works. And if, like me, you are inspired by the example of folks who have overcome major obstacles to accomplish big things, I urge you to catch next week's program when I interview Nancy Solari, a remarkable lady who began to lose her sight at age 16 and now is legally blind. And despite that, she has a remarkable life as a life and business coach, inspiring others with difficulties, uh, author and host of a, uh, an inspirational weekly radio program. And I'm certain you'll want to hear Nancy Solari's personal story uh, from her own lips and how you and I can overcome uh, any challenges, uh, far less, I'm certain, than Nancy's, and uh, have a life, uh, as she puts it, to live full out. And bye for now. Talk to you next week on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 